0: allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive.
1: You said what you're feeling is juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy,
2: juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the vibration elevation podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome back to Do Joy, beautiful listeners. Before we get into today's discussion, I feel like I want to talk just a little bit more about last week's interview with Dr. Maisel, since some of you reached out about that. I know you hear me talk all the time about moving humanity forward toward that evolution of consciousness that will change the vibration of everything here. It's that hundredth monkey tipping point that we all want to see happen. And I recognize that Eric last week shared, let's say, a less optimistic view, which a few of you have called out. So I just want to address that quickly. I want to let you know how I received it, okay? I put it through my filter of, isn't it cool how we don't know what we don't know? None of us should be approaching anything with any level of certainty. We've talked about this year. how our own extremely unique perception filter is responsible for our entire experience of the world. And none of us has a perception filter identical to anyone else's. Therefore, we're all seeing and creating a world that's entirely our own. So to me, it's clear there's no such thing as objective reality. And that's why I find it exciting and kind of fascinating to glimpse the world through the filters of other people. As for me, I absolutely will always continue to hold the vision of a better, kinder, more joy and love-filled world. From where I stand, my filter, there's ample evidence that we've been moving in that direction, however incrementally, since the beginning of time, and we'll continue to move in that direction. And, and right alongside of that, I also find it kind of liberating and relaxing to consider that I don't know any of that to be true, more than I know anything to be true. We've talked about that quite a bit here on this podcast as well, how this incessant need to know things and have certainty around our convictions is just a huge thief to our joy. It's much more joyful to lean into the mystery, to accept that most things are outside our control and clinging desperately to our illusions and our attempts at control and certainty just sucks all of the available joy energy right out of us. My main takeaway from last week's interview is that it doesn't matter what the big picture future of psychiatry or humanity is destined to be. That's not ours to control. What's ours is that right next step that Eric talked about right here, right in my own little sphere of influence, I can choose. I can choose again and again to point my energy hose in the direction of elevated vibration for myself, for my family, my friends, my clients, every person I come into contact with. That's all that's mine to do. And that's pretty freeing. That's something I can commit to. I hope that helps to wrap up last week's interview with an additional little do joy style bow for you. And as always, I love when you share your comments and thoughts with me. So do keep those coming. I know you asked for another joy school exercise this week that you can personalize with a journaling prompt. It's been a minute since I've given you one, so we'll do that now. And then we'll wrap up with a few words from a super wise and fascinating guest that I know you'll love.
0: Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further
2: once again, is going to be that we create based on our beliefs and our beliefs very, very often are simply going to be inaccurate. We cling to our convictions because they make us feel safe. But in reality, everything we believe, everything we feel all that certainty around, maybe it's not true. For most humans, this idea is still gonna set off some anxiety because of that primitive brain that we've talked about. We think we need to know things because that's how we protect ourselves from danger. And if the things we think we know start moving around and becoming unknowable, that sets off an alarm for most of us. So our job here together, one of our jobs is to disable that alarm because it's really not keeping us safe the way we think. And much, much more often than not, it's bringing about more of those circumstances that we'd rather avoid. Because when an alarm goes off, what's that meant to do? What are alarms for? They're meant to get our attention. And we know, those of us in this advanced consciousness community, we know that our attention is our power. It's what we create with, whether we're doing that creating consciously or unconsciously. So one of our goals as we move along together is to get more and more comfortable with the idea that we really don't know all these things we think we know. And the big bottom line is that in a universe as vast and incomprehensible as ours, where there's an angle from which practically anything is true, we really can decide which truths we want to subscribe to and which truths we wanna cancel our subscriptions to. And then we'll be creating from this new set of chosen beliefs instead of creating from all those beliefs that haphazardly landed in our filter before we knew we could take control of any of it. And it's a really big concept, I know, one that probably still sounds kinda cuckoo even though we've been addressing it all along, but that's why we come together week after week to gradually expand our keyholes of perception more and more to allow that truth in, because what a powerful ticket to our joy, to be able to drop our convictions that aren't serving us, to forget what we think we know and just consciously unbelieve those things that cause our energy to plummet instead of elevate. We don't have to believe those things. James Allen, one of the pioneers of the self-growth movement back in the 1800s, He's best known for As a Man Thinketh. That's his famous book. He said, The soul attracts that which it secretly harbors, that which it loves, and also that which it fears. This stuff goes way back, my love bugs. Marianne Williamson and lots of other New Thought superstars, Course in Miracles teachers, lots of teachings, have echoed this idea that all of life is a dance between love and fear. And we can all probably recognize that those are our two most powerful human emotions, right? So therefore, they're going to be our most powerful attractor magnets. We're all constantly manifesting a mix of things with the energetic signature of whatever we've previously loved and feared. Because our emotions are what pull our attention in different directions and we create whatever we feed our attention into. We're all clear on that cycle, right? We have an emotion. It grabs and directs our attention. And then our attention generates a vibratory frequency that goes out into the out there. And that's what creates our next level of external circumstances. And that's where the healing comes in. Healing is just another way to say that we're creating an inner landscape that vibrates more with love than it does with fear. We've talked about fear before. We know intellectually that the majority of what we fear today is illusory in our primitive caveman days threats to our survival were everywhere and in order for our species to exist and perpetuate our brain's got programmed to stay on high alert for all these potential threats then in our evolutionary journey as humans our circumstances have evolved far beyond that kind of existence but our brains haven't caught up And that's why our nervous systems are constantly activated by these perceived threats that aren't even real dangerous to us they're just thought structures just energy so we can take control of them and work with them because they're not saber-tooth tigers and poisonous berries anymore they're just flimsy little thought structures when your nervous system is jacked up you create from fear and when you create from fear you're just creating more things you don't like when your nervous system is relaxed and balanced You're more likely to create from love because love is your natural state and then you're creating more of what brings you joy effortlessly so the only difference between creating things that you want versus things you don't want comes down to whether the energy you're creating with is rooted in fear or love so we want to calm our nervous systems in order to lower the volume on fear energy so that the love can flow in to fill the void That way we're creating what we love and not what we fear. That's just the natural energetic law. So all that to say, we're going to do another reframe today, and we'll come at it from a little bit of a different angle this time. This time, I want you to identify something that's already existing in your life right now that you don't like. Could be anything that comes to you, big or little, just something that's right here now as part of your experience that you'd rather not be here. So we'll pause and I'll give you a minute to do that. Okay, so you've identified something in your life that you don't like. Next, in a few minutes, you're gonna ask your higher wisdom If this thing were a generous gift from a loving universe that adores me, what would I need to recognize in order to see it that way? So you're asking, what's good about this thing? Instead of looking at what you don't like about it, which is probably what you've been doing, that's what we all do, you wanna make a list, even if it's a super short list, or even if you can only come up with one thing, but it feels real and genuine for why this thing is a blessing. So again, the question to ask of your inner wisdom is, if this thing were a generous gift from a loving universe that adores me, what would I need to recognize in order to see it that way? It's similar to things that we've been doing, but it's a little bit of a different, different approach to it. So I'll wait for a minute. Is this playing mind games with yourself a little bit? Sure. It's not like you have to get to the point of, oh my God, I'm so glad this is happening. You don't have to be thankful for the situation on the whole for this this to work. That's too big a leap for most of us to make. You just have to find the tiny sliver where there is some gratitude so that you can consciously start bringing your attention to that piece of it every time you feel the energy flowing in a negative direction around this thing. So you might be thinking, wait a minute, Lisa said what I get gratitude for is what I get more of. I don't want more of this, so why am I getting gratitude for it? Which would be a valid point that you may or may not have been making in your mind just now. So the idea is to thank the universe in such a way that invites closure. Like, yep, I see what you did there. I did receive that, thank you and then make sure you truly do receive it. You'll know it's authentic when you feel your nervous system calm down a bit around this issue. Because a relaxed nervous system loosens that energetic grip that you've had on this thing that you don't want. And gradually then the energy of love can flow in to fill the void where you release that fear energy. And I'm using the word fear in kind of a loose way right now to represent any of those emotions that jack up our nervous system, any kind of anxiety or displeasure, we're categorizing that as fear. Another James Allen quote that applies here, he said, the more tranquil a man becomes, the greater his success, his influence, his power for good. Calmness of mind is one of the beautiful jewels of wisdom. We'll forgive James Allen's sexist language since he said this stuff way before that was a recognized thing. And then one final James Allen quote, cause he's our guru du jour. They who have conquered doubt and fear have conquered failure. Think about that. That is solid gold wisdom right there. And it's been around for so long for those higher consciousness souls who were ready to hear it even back then. And we're gonna explore ancient wisdom that goes back even further than that now with my guest. To continue our theme of deep healing during this season of rest and rejuvenation and self-care, I wanna introduce you to a gifted healer who's gonna share some of her magic with us. April Crowell is certified in several Asian medicine modalities. She's a holistic nutritionist. And she's just generally awesome and wise, as you're about to find out.
3: Welcome, April. Thank you for having me, Lisa.
2: Ah, thank you, sweetheart. I guess I want to invite you first to share your expertise on how our self-care is best handled in each of the four seasons, since that's something that we've been talking about here. And I know that your work is very much tied into the natural world. We've all heard it's best to eat seasonal foods. I know that's probably part of what you share as a nutritionist. But I was wondering if beyond that, if there are any certain practices and habits that you would recommend adopting during different seasons, maybe things that are just more effective to focus on in one season over another.
3: Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, my background is in Chinese medicine. So we actually recognize five different seasons. There's spring, summer, late summer, which is an interesting one, um, autumn and winter, And late summer is a season of balance, though it corresponds with um, the, the late summer, the harvest season and so forth. It actually relates to the transition of all seasons and it's kind of a buffer, but it corresponds with our digestive season or our digestive systems, excuse me, the stomach and the spleen. But in living with the seasons, yes, you can create a sense of better health and harmony by aligning with what is going on with the seasons and the environment you're in. And for each different season, there is a different virtue. And some of them are very overlooked in our culture. Like the Western culture doesn't really love the idea of rest a whole lot. (laughs) With coming out of winter into spring, and winter is supposed to be a time of consolidation and rest and inward looking, and deep thought and meditative work. So you might be doing something like a Tai Chi or a Qigong or so forth. Um, when it comes to exercise and foods and everything, even though there are seasonal guidelines, everything needs to be kind of catered to the person, their state and stage of life. Whereas somebody who is very strong can handle doing some strong yoga or doing running and so forth. Someone who's just recovering from COVID can't go out and run a marathon and we need to cater their level of exercise to what they're experiencing. But ideally in the winter season, we're doing we're not totally at rest, but we're taking a little calmer approach to our life and giving ourselves a chance to rejuvenate and reflect. And then as we start to come into spring, which I'm already starting to treat and see in people, you will see the energy of spring, the wood element, which is liver and gallbladder. And it's a huge forward up and out movement of chi and it either moves um harmoniously and you have this great movement forward of oh i get to start doing all these things i get to start planting my garden i can go out and i feel like i can run a little longer i can do this i can you're a little more expansive and so forth if your chi is very stuck and stagnant or you haven't kind of taken some time during the winter to shuffle out the gunk that you don't need and created a clear plan or vision, which is one of the elemental virtues, is vision and planning and then acting on them, then the chi tends to move out in a way that is um, very disharmonious. You start to see a lot of liver yang rising. You see spring fever, anger, aggression, irritability. And I already start to see that pent-upness in clients who want to get out, I want to get moving, I need to get going now. And that is the spring energy moving up and out. And it is fine to acknowledge it and recognize it and learn how to move with it. It's chi movement. Let's see if we can channel it in a way that works better for you to what your goals are set for or what your plan and vision is. If you don't know who you are and what your goals and plans and visions are, we're going to have some big <laughs> road bumps to deal with.
1: Yeah.
3: And so we chorus, we correlate Moving with the season and there's not an on off toggle for each season. So like in the Western cultures, we identify uh, the spring as like around March 21st or so that's the solar calendar. The Asian cultures start to recognize the start of the spring holidays in the planting season is the Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. So that's February 1st. That's the start of their spring season. And already, like I said, I'm starting to already treat people who are just pent up, want to get out and get moving. We harmonize that and we create a free and easy flow. And they start to move more gracefully into the season. And you support that with both the mindset that goes with it, the color, the sound, the odor, the emotion, the foods that go with the season. Maybe you shift your exercise routine to coincide with what is going on with the season and that comes down again to very individualized practice of what is your age your gender stage of health fitness and so forth you know like i mentioned i have a fair number of people who are trying to recover from covid and the exercise that they used to be able to do is not what is right for them right now
2: sure Yeah, that makes sense. Everything's about your own personal situation. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the I things just- that we've been focusing on for, for winter time as you as you were mentioning, how it's a time for a slowing down and going inward. We've been really trying to cultivate that deeply relaxed nervous system. Yes. And in, in joy school and on this podcast, we do a lot with our beliefs so that we can get our beliefs to help our nervous system to relax. I know that right. your work is primarily somatic, working with the body. I wondered if beliefs ever come into play with what you do in terms of relaxing that nervous system so the body can heal.
3: Yeah. Um, so, my one of the applications of my work is somatic, but I work deeply with the mental emotional system and the psychospiritual health of the person. And all of it overlaps and correlates. So, you're mm-hmm. right. During the winter, we're supposed to be more introspective, calmer, and at ease. That is an aspect of yin. That is so, if you know the yin yang symbol, the black and white little fish, a lot of people call it mm-hmm. yang activity, it's movement, it's go, and those things are very praised in our culture, right? Yin is quiescence, it's rest, it's deep understanding of the mother, it's non-duality, and deep inward being. And if that is not given voice, or you're not given yourself time to rest and nourish Yin, then the physical form, as well as the mental-emotional form, will suffer just like with each of the five elements each one has a corresponding mental emotional component and with it the person can be in a state of vice or in a state of virtue with it so for example winter the season or the emotion that goes with winter is fear and in balance the person has a healthy fear kind of knowing yeah okay if there's a monster in the mirror you should run from that or um, are they able to look inward and Uh, Recently, I was working with somebody who is reckoning with their own mortality. They Mm. nearly died. What does that mean to them? Have they ever confronted that before? In vice, fear goes from one extreme to the other. They either have a lack of fear and they will do reckless things to the point of hurting themselves and others, to being so afraid they will never come out of their home and Mm. do things so it's the ability to assess risk sure in and that's a little bit more of a superficial level but it still gives example well
2: right no that ties very much into what we <laughs> always say what where is where is this impulse coming from is it coming from a fear in me or is it coming from the place of love and joy mm-hmm. that i am at my my soul that's one of yeah. the practices that we work with do you have yeah, any um, go ahead
3: yeah. Uh, So I just want to finish on this idea, when we identify what that is, if the person has a lack of yin, the water element needs to be nourished, and then I will focus on everything from food and herbs to help with that, to particular movements of certain qigong exercises, point work, and so forth to help enrich that so that they calm down, or so that they find their sense of safety and well-being.
2: It really is an integrated practice, hitting it from all angles, that's fascinating. I wonder if you have any simple little thing that um, the listeners could do on their own this week. Every week with this uh, podcast, I give them something to take into their week and and practice, hopefully on a daily basis, just to to raise their vibration, or in this case, we're working on that relaxed nervous system. Is there anything Mm -hmm. that they can just do on their own? And I know, I don't know you're going to say this, but I assume you're going to say it depends on the person. So it is kind of hard probably to offer a blanket suggestion like that.
3: It is, and that is one of the most common statements I make to my students a lot is they'll say, is this yin, is this yang, is this water, is this wood, and it all depends. But if we start with nothing else, the first place to start with is the breath. So even if they can sit down for 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, and sit down and breathe, if you have skills and have been shown meditation and you can do it for longer, I encourage that. Um, The meditation practice I use is one called Meditation Without Seed, where you basically, you're sitting, you're not focusing on anything, you're not paying attention to the thoughts and the emotions as they come and they go, and you simply breathe and you focus on non-duality or non-being. For people who haven't done that, they may need to start with some guidance with focus with seed. So that's the idea of sitting there and you're looking at a candle or you're listening to somebody who's talking you into a deeper meditation. But in some cases, if I can just get a person to sit still for 10 minutes, listening to calming music and focusing on the breath coming in and out, and it matches the, the pulse, essentially, when you're breathing, I'm here, I'm not here, I'm here, I'm not here, I'm here, I'm not here. And you reconnect the regularity of breath with the lungs helps to regulate the heart rate. And in many people who are having anxiety and nervousness, they are holding their breath or they're catching their breath or they have irregularity of breathing. And if you can get them to start reconnecting with simply breathing. And that's a start. Five deep breaths in and out. I have some students who I'm like, just put sticky notes around your house that say, take five deep breaths.
1: Yeah.
3: And it, Pause before they do the next thing. And they take five deep breaths and then they can go into the next thing and it starts to become habit. Mm -hmm. And then when you're confronted with an object in your being that is disturbing you, um, you ran into somebody you hate, you got a (laughs) shock, something like this, you go five deep breaths and then you can meet the situation with clearer thought rather than from a reactionary place.
2: That's beautiful, yep. Easy enough. Nobody could complain about those instructions. That's (laughs) the
3: starting thought.
2: Well, I'm sure that the listeners are fascinated and want to find out all about what you do. You can find that out at aprilcrowell.com, A-P-R-I-L-C-R-O-W-E-L-L dot com. Mm -hmm. And April will be leading a live interactive workshop at Heal Plus Create, the online retreat I've been telling you all about. I'll have a live interactive workshop. Scott Stabile, Jacob Nordby, Dr. Eric Mazel, who you've all just met in prior episodes of this podcast. So many wonderful teachers have been gathered for this event, and we're all on faculty at the Institute for Creative Living. So even if you're hearing this too late for Heal Plus Create, which is February 2022, go to Institute for org to see what's up over there. We would love to welcome you. April, it's been such a delight to spend this time with you. I am feeling the effect of being in your gentle, high-vibration presence, so I thank you for that.
3: Thank you very much, Lisa. Thank you for meeting with me.
2: For your joy bomb home play this week, my loves, choose one of the meditation or breathing practices that April just shared with you, and slash or spend some time with the joy school reframe exercise i gave you i know that many of you listen while walking dogs and washing dishes and driving cars so you might not have had the opportunity to pause and do the exercise during the first listen i hope you can take some time for yourself with that this week and take time for those intentional breaths and notice what relaxes you what's bringing you into alignment with that deep rest that your body and soul are craving during this time of year. Since y'all have been so generous with your correspondence, I am pulling together your questions to do a listener question-based episode very soon. So keep sending those and I'll keep gathering them and we'll soon have an episode all about you. I love you and I'll see you next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisa.miccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll see you next week for Do Joy, the vibration elevation podcast. Much love.
1: How long have I walked through my life like I was asleep? Once I- Till we Juicy joy, juicy joy, juicy joy, juicy joy.